0: The Spanish Announce
1: Table. It is episode 403 of this here Spanish Announce Table. Man, we had a fun week of pro wrestling. We've got some very fun stuff to talk about. We've also got some not so fun stuff to talk about. Of course, we're going to get into all of that, but we want you to know, we invite you to join in on the conversation. Chat with us live right here. We're live on YouTube. You can watch us on SpanishAnnounceTable.net, but you can chat with us live on YouTube and you can hit us up on Twitter using hashtag tweet the table. Uh, we're going to read some of those on the show later. Uh, we love wrestling friends, wrestling friends, wrestling fans, <laughs> wrestling friends. We love wrestling fans. We might have a beef with and We'll talk more about that on the show. It's all these teasers, Tom teaser, teaser, yeah. teaser, just radio coming back to me right here. But we it. are going to talk about it all. I, 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 I've had a fun week of pro wrestling. I don't know. Yeah. You, Tom. We have so much to talk about. I am Mm. fired
2: up. I think I've been sending you hot takes via uh, video messages and text all All fucking day. day. I'm just so fired up. I can't wait. So let's get into it. We're going to save the the meat and potatoes for a little bit down the road, but we're going to start off with what we typically always start off with, and that's the recap of our favorite pro wrestling television show, AEW Dynamite. And last night, uh, it kicked off with a really great match, I thought. It was MJF taking on Willer Yuta, and this is how we kicked it off. Kind of like standard protocol, it feels like now, for AEW, where they kind of tease the main event, but then do it first, right? It was MJ is in, MJF is in action, MJF is in action. And then here it is, mm-hmm. starting off the show. Just like how uh, with uh, Rampage, you'll get that to kick off the show, and then it kind of peters down from there. This just comes at you right off the jump. So MJF versus Yuta. Tim, your comments before we break down what happened.
1: Uh, MJF versus Utah was great. I love that when MJF finally has these matches. I like how he does this, too. We don't see MJF matches regularly, exactly. right? I know he was gone for a bit. But even but before that. But he leaves that. you wanting more. Leaves mm-hmm. you wanting more. And he's not the prototypical shitbag heel who can't do anything and has to, by skin of his teeth or hook or crook, beat an opponent. He's a good wrestler and beats his opponent he uses some heel tactics and isn't nice about it but he's a good wrestler right mm-hmm. and uh if we if we're watching this as a kayfabe like i think this is real he looks like he can beat a motherfucker's ass mm-hmm. so i like that about mjf and i just i mean i like mjf he's just he just makes you as i said last time even when you like him you go i don't fucking I want to punch that guy in the face yes exactly and here's the thing i thought about this
2: match is mjf does give his full arsenal in a match with yuda who i think deserved it and really needed it because right now in AEW outside of the people who are suspended mjf is the guy you're watching i know john moxley's your champion and you got brian danielson you got all these people but really mjf is the calling card right now for AEW weekly television so everyone was gonna watch and honestly like you said he could have easily done the paint by numbers heel kind of match here and just got by and then got to the finish and that's it but he gave you all of his offense he took a lot of offense from Utah, which i thought was great so i really thought post match both guys looked good i also thought as we get to the finish here uh mjf winning by submission using a bridge salt of the earth so it wasn't just a normal one he had to like escalate it to the next level but to get a clean finish because there was no Firm. There was no, you know, back in the day, Wardlow interference, anything like that. I thought that was really cool that both guys look good, but we also got a wrestling match. Now, post match, we get some fun. So MJF gets the victory. He's celebrating. And then yuda gets up and it's like, shake my fucking hand. I'm like, shake my hand. I'm like, come on. We know what we just did there. You got the better of me tonight, but like, let's. And you get MJF. At least kinda, give me a
1: reach around, right?
2: Well, but MJF is kind of looking around like, son of a bitch, he's right. And if you go back to their promo from two weeks ago, or, or no, it was last week uh, before they had the fight in the crowd, MJF is like, you're one of the best wrestlers in the world. We've wrestled together seven years or however many long years it's been. And so you go back to that uh, promo that he did and you know, fast forward to this moment here and you see that internal conflict and he's about to shake his hand. He's about to go in there. And then fucking Cisco comes in and hits you in the back of the head. What's his name?
0: What's I, his I name? don't know what his name is. Lee Moriarty, yeah. I
1: think his name is He's, yeah. uh um is of it? the firm.
2: Yeah, Lee Moriarty. Yeah, that's right. yeah. Right, right. But he looks like Cisco, Cisco, and I'm gonna call him Cisco from now on. But it's Cisco <laughs> hits him in the back of the head, and MJF is legitimately upset. He's like, hey, I didn't tell you to come out here, I didn't tell you to do that. And You know, uh, Lee is kicking his ass. And then here comes Stokely Hathaway. He's like, take the ring. And MJF's like, I don't want to take the ring. He's like, take the ring and hit Yuta in the face. We all know you want to. I'm doing this for you. We're best friends. Let's get this shit done. So he puts the ring on. And before he can get a punch to Yuta's face, William Regal walks up because he's on commentary throughout the entire match. And then we get old school William Regal puts on the brass knucks, makes his way to the ring. He's like, you want to do this? I'm pretty good with these brass knuckles. And MJF thinks better of it. So, post-match, are we getting an MJF babyface turn here? What do you think about that?
1: I don't know that we're getting an MJF babyface turn, at least not immediately. But I think we may be, like, long-term setting up Mm -hmm. moments so that it's not a bizarre turn if you will right i think he's always thinking ahead of the next move and planting the seeds for the next move and i think that's what we're getting here um and it's a good way to do that because this blackpool combat club kind of rides that line as well right like it wouldn't be too hard to believe if suddenly they had to go heal for something Easy. so i think this is a good yeah this is a good fit it's somebody he's respected shown respect to even though he respects nobody
0: Right.
2: And I think, you know, if you want to go down the the line with the firm are the heels, MJF has a change of heart. That's easy, right? MJF, you know, is the baby face going up against Morrissey and Ethan Page and uh, Lee and, you know, the ass boys all. I mean, right there, like that's easy enough for MJF to do. So, uh, yeah, I think seeds were planted. I don't know if that, yeah, it happens when he becomes champion, but I wouldn't be shocked if quickly after he's champion. He becomes babyface so we shall see all right after the match uh we get a quick promo uh from js and they're cutting down uh garcia for not accepting the hat jake hager has his funniest line the only line i remember where he says i like this hat because he's wearing the hat that's
1: the gift <laughs> yeah that was hey, fun. pause before we go too deep that's what they need to do with hager right like oh. have him say some random off the wall thing where but it's like whatever <laughs> just well, but that's when
2: he's the best if you recall when uh, mjf joined the inner circle the thing that jake hager was known for was staring down wardlow and wardlow staring mm. down him those are the best use for jake hager is those yeah, little say things less. The say, say less Say
1: something but say less
2: and do something off the wall don't go with the whole group right do something a little bit off color right that's what i think's great
1: yeah yeah those interrupting moments right where he just says something where they're like
2: okay yeah Yeah, he's our buddy. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's cool. Totally
1: get what he's saying. All
2: right, now we get back into the ring. We get a really good match here and another potential babyface turn. But before we get there, uh, it's Darby Allen versus Jay Lethal. These two, just like the match before it, tear it up. They're going back, forth, and whatever not. And they are just going all crazy with the fun, flips, and shits, and everything goes. And Darby Allen wins by pinfall. Gets the Last Supper, which I thought the ending sequence was good. It was a one-two, a one-two, a one-two, a one-two. All these pin, you know, and then Darby gets the Last Supper, which is a fun pinning combination, uh, and then he wins. And so, because the rest of Jay Lethal's faction came out when he when they really shouldn't have, uh, Sanjay Dutt and then Satnam Singh, uh, Darby Allen's like these guys are losers. Like that's why th- these are who- who's holding you back and then he does a shake my hand kind of thing and Jay Lethal does it he's like god damn it and then takes off doesn't acknowledge his buddies and just leaves so what do you think we get from Jay Lethal
1: yeah well first I thought this is a little bit of a you know we've talked about production and continuity theme issues with AEW over the years and this is one of them somebody should have cleared two segments worth of things and realize hey you can't do back-to-back handshake segment right you can't like these two didn't talk to each other apparently which is fine they don't need to talk to each other but when they both run it by i don't know whoever the producer is mark henry or whatever Mm -hmm. he goes hey whoa 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 guys we you you guys are doing the same thing uh tough call mjf gets it you guys gotta come up with something else the
2: only thing i can think is maybe the uh Thing that links both of them is that Yuta is a Ring of Honor competitor. He's the former Pure right. Champion. So that's and what they Jay do. Lethal, in Ring of Honor. The yeah, and Jay Lethal is Ring of Honor. So that's the only thing I could say. But yeah, to your to your statement, break it up with another match in between it. Don't do back to back matches with handshake, you know, finished segments uh, or whatnot.
1: So well, it's it's shocking to me that like the other guys didn't see it and go like Ah, shit, we gotta
2: <laughs> go yeah. up with
1: something different here.
2: Yeah. So should be interesting to see what the fallout is from there i tell you what i said this on our twitter at table show darby allen has that it factor when he walks out the music the face paint i know it's not your thing it's the jeff hardy thing but <laughs> but he's spinning his wheels too much for the main yeah. event scene to be what it is we need to enter so interject here's some what i would blood. do blood i think darby allen needs. here's to what done. i would do and
1: tony khan talked about this on the uh, interview he recently did with ariel hawani that you shared with me mm-hmm. um he, he, they don't have enough TV time for the talent they've got. And he's working on that. He's trying to get more TV time and is getting little bits here and there. But, like, he, there's not enough time to showcase everybody. So what Darby Allen can do is I feel like he's prime ready to maybe not be uh, uber babyface, right? I know everybody loves him, but maybe we can even love him. And let's go DX style and let's let him run in a muck. He's got a skateboard crew, and they're just fucking with shit they're getting in people's business they're like what are you gonna fucking do about it you know what i mean like we fucking take what we want kind of a thing i I wouldn't hate that right he's running around with a bunch of lackeys i well i think the
2: idea of him causing a ruckus is awesome because as we've talked about for years now this is a traveling circus. There needs to be more bumping up into each other and segments bleeding into the next thing because that's how real life is, right? It's not a 10-minute segment. These two guys they leave, insert new two guys, insert a ladies' match. It's you know, fucking bump into each other. This has happened. Well, Britt Baker's now talking to Darby Allen. Why the fuck is that happening? Oh shit, here comes war blow. Like that is a little bit more fun and interesting than segment end segment end, and that way if you do the chaos then you could even have just someone in the segment and oh i forgot about ruby soho for example right ruby soho is in catering talking to eddie kingston darby allens has a skateboard he bumps into eddie kingston eddie kingston doesn't like that because he was eating his fucking dessert and those two square off ruby soho breaks them up you didn't have anything to do with Ruby Soho, but there she was. But the match is Darby Allen and Eddie Kingston, right? Like that's how we can get all of this talent in before we hopefully expand their TV time, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but yeah, but going back to Darby Allen, I just think you know, we have John Moxley, MJF. Before that, it was also CM Punk, um, Hangman Adam Page, and it kind of felt like that was just the rotating list of main eventers and i like all those people i'm not saying like kick them out however darby allen bump bumping into hangman adam page that's something i'd want to watch right something like that is where i think darby allen can get into that next echelon and then elevate a elevation guy into the mid-card scene An ethan page for example is anybody getting elevated from elevation no well Yes, but it takes like a slow drip because if you look at uh, Willow Nightingale, she was an elevation talent and now she's man. in a she's awesome. I love Willow Nightingale
1: as, as, as I'm getting older. I know all about the slow drip, man. And I tell you what. You and I, what I mean?
2: Willow Nightingale, before we get to that match, the best Willow in pro wrestling. Screw you, Jeff Hardy. Uh, now let's get into <laughs> Brian. K- I hate that Willow character. I hate it. I get traumatized when I see her come out because that makes me think of him.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's the worst.
2: All right. So then, yeah, let's get into what I thought was the match of the night. There was a lot of great wrestling. The first match with MJF and Yuta, the second match with Darby Allen and Jay Lethal, all great. But for me, big meaty men are slapping meat. I'm all for it. And that's what we got here. We got challenger Brian Cage. Taking on champion, the AEW TNT champion, Wardlow. And this was fucking cool. I liked everything about it. It was so much fun. Tim, what did you think?
1: I, I didn't hate this. I honestly, I mean, I didn't think I was going to hate it, but I wasn't like, oh, this is the match I'm looking forward to the most. And I think mm-hmm. I was pleasantly surprised because usually we're accustomed to having grown up WWE fans for, you know, more than years, uh, that two big men slapping meat, two big meaty men slapping meat is usually pretty boring and pretty dull, but that's the case here. Yeah.
2: And also, and I sent this to you, I think in a direct message, I like Wardlow. I like the build that Wardlow uh, did with MJF. I think him as TNT champion is perfect for who he is and where he's at in his career. However, aesthetically visually presentation, and then also move set and match quality
0: i think i like
2: brian, brian cage. cage more now yeah i don't like the person from everything i've read that he has said i don't read those dirt sheets but like interviews that brian cage has done i don't think i want to hang out with them but i don't have to i watch him on television so i wouldn't <laughs> mind watching brian cage more in this role right. of like eater of worlds, I wouldn't like that. Call yeah. him Doomsday, you know what I mean, and just make him. Yeah, that wouldn't be terrible. War paint, and just killing people. Like I like that, but post match, uh, he's in a faction, by the way, with Prince Nana, and apparently this Prince Nana has been in the leading the embassy for years now.
1: Yeah. I don't know, but those guys look jacked. Like they were
2: the Samoans.
1: They were. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, I was like,
2: woo, don't want to mess with them. Right. And so this is the fun (laughs) part. So post-match, the embassy attack Wardlow, Samoa Joe comes out. Cause again, we got war Joe, which is a fun just name to say. Eventually. I think those two need to wrestle each other though. Uh, But still they're outnumbered. And here comes the fucking tag team of all tag teams. Everyone's favorite stepdad. FTR comes down for the save. And now it looks like on a live episode of rampage, we're going to get those two Samoan team or those two Samoan guys in a tag team taking on FTR for the
1: ROH tag team championships. What do you think about that? Uh, you know, this ought to be a good match from what I can tell. I don't know anything about the other folks. So I'm, I'm just basing that on the idea that they probably wouldn't go with a tag team title match. If these guys were just terrible. Right. So, um, I'm going to assume they're good. And FTR always delivers. Right.
2: Yeah. I think FTR can say, be here, be there, be here and have a good match. But the guys on the other end from the embassy have the presentation of like, Oh shit. They actually might kill FTR if they wanted to. Mm -hmm. So I I'm interested. I, I can't wait to see what this is going to look like. All right, Tim. So then after a commercial break, we get a little switch up It's the top of the hour. You think we're going to get a promo, or maybe another men's match but we get a women's match it's a six women tag team match I'll tell you what i almost i almost jumped Wait, was out this
1: of my a shoes. short show it was an extended for the main event
2: it was an extended show i know i almost jumped out of my shoes when i saw women before 8 30. i tell you what i mean that's usually how i go that's but not,
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> but so here I we go. You I see a win
2: for
1: 830. <laughs> can't contain myself.
2: <laughs> so we get Athena, Tony Storm, your AEW interim world champion, Willow Nightingale, who I mentioned earlier, taking on yep. Jamie Hayter, Penelope Ford, and Serena Deep. In the heels corner was Dr. Britt Baker. In the baby face was, uh, how do you say it again? How do you say Paige's new name? Soraya. Soraya. Soraya and yeah. so here we go by the way i missed this in the in the rundown but i'll jump back to it real quick because it makes sense for this match earlier in the night brit baker cut a quick promo saying guess what saraya isn't wrestling because she sucks and i'm a doctor blah, blah, blah. and now we get to this match i liked it i don't want to go move for move i thought the people who shine though in this match like i mentioned willow nightingale jamie hater has a following she's getting the biggest pops yeah she is over like Rover, as the old people like to say. Yep. Uh, Tony Storm, I still thought looked really good, looked like a champion, even though she's kind of lost in the shuffle here. Uh, but what did you think about this six woman tag?
1: You know, fine. There was action. I really am also, as you're saying, really liking this Willow Nightingale. Is that what Willow Nightingale? Yeah. Um, just a ball of energy, and, and you she- want to ch- clap and cheer. It's great because she reminds me of Bailey,
2: and not no offense to Bailey. I love Bailey. I had a, I'm a hugger shirt. I like Bailey mm-hmm. now in this damage hug control, life. hug life. I think Bailey of the four of them is the best of the four horsewomen, in my opinion. A hundred percent, yeah. However, Willow is like Bailey, except for her presentation is like she's a bigger wrestler, so she could actually mm-hmm. kick your ass. Where Bailey had that same ball of energy but you're like oh shit she's going up against oscar like this isn't good for her yeah. with willow you're like willow could hang with you know naya jacks or yeah. nyla rose or jamie right. hater whoever it is so yeah. i like that aspect it's like a lovable hey, run you over like ray lewis
1: you know what i mean easy but like
2: I, I would want to I give mean, her not, a high five, not, but know. then I trust that she can handle herself in a match, right? I don't have to look yeah. away or put my eyes over right. my or my hands over my eyes. So, post match, uh, the the baby faces win here. But post match, Britt Baker finds herself surrounded, right? And here we go. Soraya throws a punch, and all, Threw a punch. All the shit hits the fan. Britt Baker goes out, but Soraya's like, yeah, so. We got the promo earlier from Britt Baker. She's not wrestling, but then we see Soraya punching Britt Baker. What do you think happens here? Are we see in Soraya in a match.
1: I think we might. I think we're gonna. Oh
2: uh, yeah. I, I think the, I think the tease is, Oh no, she can't. No, she can't. No, she can't. Well, this Friday she takes on Britt Baker or whatever the next pay-per-view is. Right. And it's like, Oh shit. Yeah. And soraya's first match in seven years or whatever
1: yeah yeah
2: here's one thing i want yeah. to touch on i know we don't want to gas bag too much but i wanted there's one point i did i wanted to make about our conversation last week about soraya uh, or maybe two weeks ago um that i didn't get a chance to make one other thing about soraya that i think is still uh interesting or the part that we still want to see her is when she was Paige and she got on the main roster, it was her and AJ and then the Bellas, right? As soon as she gets hurt, that's when that next phase that she was kind of leading makes it to the main roster. And we never got the Becky Lynch versus Paige or, and so I think that's also the part of like, damn it. Like, we don't know if it would have been good or bad, but we never got it. So it's like, I wish we could have saw it, And that's where I think some of the, We hope you get back because we want to see you in there. And I think that's where a little of that following comes from is. That makes sense. It's almost like a baseball analogy that I like to bring up is uh, Sandy Koufax, for example, Sandy Koufax, one of the best pitchers of all time, World Series champion, all of that. But you never saw the tail end of his career because he had to retire in his prime because of an injury. And so you always thought like, What would Sandy Koufax look against Mickey Mantle and all of this stuff? So I think it's Magnum TA
1: for the old heads watching. Exactly.
2: Magnum TA, another perfect example of someone who, man, it would have been cool to see Magnum TA versus Hulk Hogan or whatever. Right. Okay. So let's move on. Now let's get into the most fun segment of the night. Tim, I think you know what we're going to. We're Mm. going to national scissoring day
1: Fucking ah, loved all of this all, all of the raps was so great
2: <laughs> uh, Tim take it over here this was just so much fun. oh
1: yeah I loved all of this I, I love how they set it all up too so they're in DC so they set it up politics style right they've got the podium they're delivering speeches that way uh I like that the scissor gift Clearly, the acclaimed had no clue was coming. Billy Gunn gave them that big pair of golden scissors, and you could tell they had no idea what was happening there. Uh, the crowd couldn't be more into this. I mean, the moment they saw, like, the scissors, they're jumping around, the whole, like, uh, please look to your left, look to your right. <laughs> <And> Scissor, <laughs> it's like, peace be with you, brother. And, they're yeah. and everybody was like, the the crowd shots were great there. I know we we shit on AW's production sometimes, but the crowd shots were great there because the people were just like, God, did somebody scissor me. <laughs> it was the funnest thing. I couldn't help but laugh at everything. Almost everything said was great. But they also like made good statements and like talked about like heartwarming stuff about themselves and like humanity in general. Like these guys have found a way to just captivate me. For a reason that it's unexplainable if i write it down and explain it to people they're gonna think i'm weird <laughs> yes yeah. that's, that's the beauty of wrestling sometimes i loved all of this
2: yeah loved this was awesome i also like the explanation of what scissoring is by still though doing the wink wink you know it's yeah. a hand gesture it's to right. show that you're yeah. friends with someone else but then max <laughs> caster would get in there and like yeah, Scissoring. That's scissoring. That's what it is. So I love that it was, Hey, on the surface value, if two kids who are in sixth grade, which we'll get to Swerve Strickland in his comments, do the scissoring, they can say to their teacher, to the principal, Hey, scissoring is a hand gesture between friends, but we really know what it is.
1: Another takeaway I got from this was, this is the reason we watch wrestling. We wait for these moments, right? And this moment was only around because a max caster thought at some point, probably on the fly, when they're out there doing the acclaimed of arrived to come up and just scissor his partner, which you know who else are you gonna do it to? Yeah, uh, and and then just kind of kept doing that, and that started to catch on. You know what I mean? Like something that I felt like could have almost had that was remember when um uh, no days off, Darren Young and 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 the the primetime players, and they were doing that like arm and arm thing and guys were in the crowd doing that with your buddy you know what I mean like that was a little more intense this is way easier to do with the scissoring so I just it's that right like if he hadn't done that maybe the acclaim is nowhere near the heights that they are now because that just didn't take off and it's right but this is why we watch right we get these moments for long term like just joy of like this it's not even long term storytelling this is just something that like we're rewarded with that's humorous for over what two three years now and it's great yeah, and another great. thing that was really great is
2: they took a scenario where Anthony Bowens was injured and he couldn't jump up out of yep. his chair and do the acclaimed have arrived. So he just does scissor me, daddy ass because of Billy Gunn is there and yeah. that takes off. So yeah, I thought it was all great. Now oh, and
1: Danhausen's influence with the with the daddy ass portion, like if yeah. that doesn't come along, just right. all these things that had to happen to make this perfect. <laughs> scissoring it's the best i don't know aura it's the best i love it and i want to aggressively scissor people and i like the thing is you can't if you don't know they're wrestling fans well I that's how you to... know a wrestling fan that's how you know <laughs> yeah. a wrestling fan. i'm gonna start when people go to shake their hands i'm gonna reach out Yep. with two fingers first oh my wife will not <laughs> do that with me
2: the only thing i've asked for christmas is for her to do that just to do the handshake she's like do you want like a new jacket new one no i just want you to do this no and that's
1: it. scissor me this is gonna put it on tiktok and we're that's gonna all do we want. That's all i want so <laughs> hey ask her how much will we need to get the fans of the spanish announce table to donate to a cause of her choice okay yes to scissor so, and then we'll all do all that all right. okay i will i
2: will clip this and send it all to
1: right me. All right, yes. so now
2: let's enter in the coolest guy on AEW's roster still. Max Caster's awesome. Anthony Bones is great. All of the fun and all of that. Now he's looking uh, to be presented more as a, as a heel, so we'll see what that looks like. But enter Swerve Strickland, and he comes out, and he speaks truth to power. And power in this case was the tag team champs and that crowd because they did not like him. And he just goes right after Billy Gunn. And just says, mm-hmm. you should be holding the championships. Those two bums next to you didn't do anything. You were the one. So then next week, me and you are going to fight. And I'm going to beat your ass. And here we go. So now we got Swerve Strickland versus Billy Gunn, a match that if you told me six months ago was happening, I would have thought was going to be on Dark and I wouldn't care. And now it's going to be on Dynamite. And it's something I want to know how it unfolds. Yeah. So what do you think about that?
1: Uh, um, right before I answer uh, uh, that, I want to jump in. We just got uh, a Twitter. This isn't a tweet to table, but somebody responded to you live tweeting last night during AW Dynamite. So, by the way, join Tom as he live tweets uh, during Dynamite on our Twitter at Table Show. And you said, This segment is so dumb, I love it with my whole heart regarding the scissoring setting. It's the last one. And the Ozzy Arsehole at SDD916 said, number one in merch sales. You may not get it, but you cannot deny results like that. Not a shot at you, by the way, just a statement. They got over, and there's nothing more to say. And I think that's kind of speaking to what I was saying there, right? This just organically got over, and you can't beat moments like this. And it's even helping this. Like, Swerve Strickland, you said, was the coolest guy in the room. We like Swerve Strickland, but he was kind of spinning his wheels. They even tried to put him with Keith Lee and do this thing. We were like, yeah, we kind of like this, but it was kind of spinning his wheels. But now he's got this chance to be this uber villain against what we all want to do, which is just scissor each other. Don't you just want to scissor each other, don't Mm you? Yeah. Don't Mm -hmm. you? And now here's Swerve coming out being like, fucking fuck you guys. You're scissoring stupid. Mm -hmm. He's fucking like, this is what you're going to do. Like, this is like... This isn't cool as speaking from the aura of being the cool guy in the room. It's like, ooh, but are you? Mm, but yeah. are you? Because look, everybody's scissoring. Right. The cool guy took the wrong turn. Now maybe he's
2: not right. as cool as he thinks
1: he is. Now so he's we'll jealous. See. Yeah. Now he's jealousy. jealous. Because he can't scissor.
2: Well, we'll talk about jealousy uh a little bit later in the show. Uh the segment ends though with smart Mark Sterling, because someone had to get beat up here. Uh he comes out holding papers because again, he has that beef with Swerve Strickland. But the acclaimer just like, ah, eh, well, fuck you, and then they do the scissoring move to Mark Sterling. That's how we end it. Uh, all fun, and again, we get to look forward to Billy Gunn versus Swerve Strickland on AW Dynamite.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, let's get back after. By commercial. the way,
1: National Scissoring Day was was trending. <laughs> like they yes. got. Because it's not a real thing. I mean, it's a real thing, but it's not a real thing. Outside of this, it didn't exist. Mm -hmm. And they made that happen. Like, I'm scrolling through Twitter. There's people all over. There's people, like, scissoring with their girl. There's people scissoring with their friends, right? It's so great. Yeah. Don't you? Don't you just want to scissor, everybody? Don't you? I'll scissor all of you. All of you watching right now. Oh, one million percent. Anyone who wants to scissor, just let me know. (laughs) Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Uh, Hit us up in the chat with some scissors. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, there you go.
2: So now... Uh, this will allude to a conversation we'll have after our recap. But after this segment, we get a quick video package. And on Friday night, it's going to be a trios title match. Will we get the Dark Order taking on Death Triangle? Ten, who was supposed to take on Andrade, will not now. And again, we'll talk about why that is later. <coughs> but now we get on Friday night, the trios championship, Death Triangle versus Dark Order. Again, Brody Lee's uh, second anniversary from his last match. Do we think we get new champions here? Dark Order gets some titles?
1: So you can't go wrong if you get new champions. I'll say that, right? You can't go wrong if you put those titles on Dark Order on that show. Everybody's happy. Now, where the storyline I think was headed was Ted was going to say, F you guys, going with Andrade and his team they've been trying to say hey really you know with these dark order dorks mm-hmm. right you here with the dork order come on let's let's uh, i thought he was going to go that route we were going to lose the mask we we're going to get preston vance but now as we've discussed we've got some news to discuss later in the show another teaser uh you know maybe we don't go that route so i think maybe we do get dark order hoist the titles up i wouldn't maybe. hate it
2: john silver with I the championship hate John yeah, Silver with the championship
1: great. in AEW, that's money to me. All right. that's a perfect championship for him to have, too. It doesn't mean a whole lot. I don't mean to discredit the trio's division, but at current moment, it doesn't mean a whole lot. And so him running around with that is going to bring us, it's going to bring endearment to that title. We're going to love it. And, again, you can take the
2: temperature with Dark Order, where if they start to fall flat, and maybe the reaction from the IWC isn't too great from uh the elite and Kenny Omega coming back, or I guess elite, the elite coming back. You could potentially have the elite be heels, take it off of the baby face dark order, they get their championships back, and then we run with the new story there. So again, have some options there. Uh let's get into now a backstage interview. We get Madison Rain and Sky Blue. They're talking Tay Conti or Melo, whatever. Again, that hasn't been explained to me. I don't like it. And Anna Jay, uh challenge him to a match. We get that down the road. Now, another banger of a match is right after this, where we get my favorite person in the world, a saint, someone who needs to be on currency in some type of country. Hangman Adam Uh Page taking on Roosh. And this was awesome. This was hard hitting. This was flips and shit. This is all aspects of pro wrestling that you could get here. What did you think of the Hangman, Adam Page, taking on Roosh?
1: Same thing that you said. Hangman is always awesome. Love that guy. This is a great matchup for him. Roosh is, you know, a big dude, but not you know overbearing. Where we have to have this like, oh no, Hangman's got to work from underneath. Uh, it's it, it, he also gets the win here, which was what we're all, you know, what I mean, what we're all excited for. I think it it, it kind of sets him above that talent, which we all think Roosh is. High level talent, right? So I think it's, I think it was very good. Uh, it also set us up for what happened after the match and where we're going with Hangman. And I, man, I'm starting to get the feels that we might get Hangman's second run here.
2: God, Hangman. I would love it. So let's talk about it. Uh, Hangman wins by pinfall using the buckshot lariat post match, private party reluctantly are going to beat up Hangman because again, they have this contract with Andrade and all of that. So they're reluctant, but they're thinking about doing it. They don't even get into the ring because John Moxley's there. And he's like, No, 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 no. I got a match with this motherfucker. You ain't giving him an excuse when I beat his ass that he was injured going into it. So he walks in, private party leaves. Then we get a promo segment here. And John Moxley is awesome, as he always is. And he's basically calling him a kid, saying he likes him, saying he respects him. But when the bell rings, boy, I don't respect anyone. Okay. But then Hangman grabs the microphone from John Moxley and was like, "Hey, well, you've been waiting for this match for so long. Why wait any longer? Let's fucking do it now!" Calling his card, and John Moxley, I think maybe that was a shoot, maybe that was a, a improv because he had to look a little bit strong. He well, have just
1: been somebody famously said Hangman can go into business for himself sometimes, well, good, so maybe it was because it was fucking cool. But then, John But it was Lines- real. So, it was real and here's why, right? So, if I just finish a wrestling match, I just beat somebody's ass, like I do, and I beat their ass significantly, and I'm sweating, I'm beat up, and you come in with your title and you're all, duh, 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 "Look at my tits. I'm the best, right? Fuck you. I can't wait till Sunday when I punch you in the dick." I'm not going to have a witty comeback. I'm going to be beat. I'm going like to be like, hey, fuck you, let's fight. Well, your adrenaline will be going free. up,
2: right? Your adrenaline's right. going on. So mm-hmm. you, you got that happening. It's now, weird. John Moxley grabs the microphone back from Hangman and is like, hey, I'm going to let you have this one. I'll see you in Cincinnati on Tuesday. And this is a point I wanted to bring up. Let's do a quick side quest before we get back into AEW Dynamite. I told you this in a direct message, but I think. Maybe all of this, the elite are hard to work with. Sammy Guevara is so difficult and he's an asshole. You know who you're hearing that from is at least reports. And again, I hate dirt cheats, but the reports of who the, who these people are that are having trouble with the younger talent. It's the older guys. It's the Eddie Kingston's. And I love Eddie Kingston. Right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we're starting to see those older guys Look at the younger guys, because when John Moxley is in this ring cutting his promo, they're chanting cowboy shit. Right now, Moxley doesn't right. have a chant, so maybe if he did, they would be chanting that as well. Yeah. Like, a you know, a Moxley, Hangman page, yeah, like yeah, kind yeah. of back and forth. But they were all chanting cowboy shit. And then when Hangman calls his bluff and says, let's do it, they cheer. So maybe all of this, well, I don't like all of this, mean me, me. Is the older talent in AEW not liking that the younger talent maybe want to take their spot? And hey, isn't that what pro wrestling's all about?
1: It's always been. So that's
2: all I'm saying. It's and a I promo no,
1: about my spot.
2: And I have no <laughs> evidence. I can't, you know, bring, but just as a viewer of the television show, it feels as if maybe this older generation of pro wrestlers that are still in their prime but moving towards the back end of it are starting to feel a little insecure about that younger talent ascending to the main event scene. That's just how I feel. Like you said, maybe we get Hangman's second reign. I wouldn't hate it. I love Hangman Adam Page. He is my favorite. Eddie I Kingston's also my favorite. You can have one A and one B. But I love him, so we'll see what happens. All right, now... Let's get into oh so we have a backstage uh segment. Jade Cargill is going to take on Willow Nightingale on Friday. That's great. Looking forward to it. Then we get a quick squash.
1: What you think Willow's going to beat
2: her? Nah,
1: no. Now, but when do we get? Somebody has to, right? You know who it is. Is it Seraya? It's Seraya. It's Seraya. It's Seraya. Uh,
2: Thunder Rosa Saraya. has to come back, and so she will be in the main event picture because again, she's the champion. So we're gonna figure out our nonsense there soraya needs to get her feet wet with brit baker so we're going to get that match after that and it could be Britt baker i think it's either Britt baker or soraya is going to mm, be the one that beats Britt jay Baker's cargill i
1: never thought of yeah
2: and then that takes jared cargill to the all right well fuck that title i want this title now that's what i think happens willow nightingale winning though i would love she's again a ball of energy i love her
1: yeah man that that tnt right or tbs mm-hmm. it's the tbs title
2: yeah that bitch show
1: yeah um having Britt baker win that is also keeping that at such an elevated level like it's as equal as that's what i'm saying
2: or, or soraya right style. like you have that mm-hmm. main event type of talent yep.
0: and then when you have jay yeah, cargill... i think soraya is
1: actually a great answer because then jay cargill you go okay you lost to a quote-unquote legend who as you've alluded to maybe wrestled 14 matches on wwe television maybe more than that but you know um but also, it, it was a talented wrestler from a wrestling family, and had grown mm-hmm. up, you know, uh, technically wrestled in the womb. Technically, we've talked about that with her before too. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You're probably right there.
2: All right, so then we get a quick squash Which is match. That I'm right? No. Yeah, no. yeah. People know. <laughs> right, look at all the comments. All, all of the the response that we've got from our listeners they always agree with me as
1: you know right yeah everybody everybody's like i love t-mag and all. yeah he's videos. the best <laughs> he i see
2: it, i see a male version of willow nightingale and t-mag yeah. that's what they all nobody say
1: nobody has wanted to drive a truck up your ass no no, no no no
2: no i don't think anyone's ever disagreed with me at least i haven't heard it but we get a quick squash match back in the ring here we get fuego del sol the aw brooklyn brawler taking on God. luchasaurus i love fuego i like it keep <laughs> him going with it i just keep it going with yeah. it i love it but luchasaurus beats him in one move and then again uh recapping the night i think we got the most heartbreaking line of the night yeah. maybe the most heartbreaking yeah. moment in aw history so post-match jungle boy runs in he gives a good old wallop to Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus goes out to the back, grabs the microphone, and just says, like, you were my best friend, and you broke my heart. Oh, my God, Tim. I'm getting emotional right now talking about it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah.
1: how? Sad. And he's like, you picked it's him. Sad. You picked yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> I love, though, that Christian even, like, got a fucking – rye smile when he said that too he's like yeah he fucking did i <laughs> love it love christmas uh, so much this... he's one of my favorites of all time and this was great i still i'm still yeah I, it's wrestling and we've talked about this the trope is when one guy goes on the rant, everybody's gotta be like, "Oh my god!" But Luchasaurus should not be afraid to get back in the ring with anybody. And I know we'll Christian was kind of holding him back, but he, he did have a chair. A- yeah, so that's true. He did have a chair, and then to get in the ring, you're you're open to the chair shot. So I guess I'll give you that one. All right.
2: Yeah, uh, but he broke his heart, man. I got broke really emotional. I had to have my wife heart. hold my hand when she was reading her book. I was like, I, I'm, I need someone right now.
1: This is really Tell me sad. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah! <laughs> yeah.
2: It's really sad. Oh, so now they're going to wrestle each other. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe yeah, we- I know the mega powers explode. Well, this is what I think we should do. This is what I think we should do. The, the first great moment in AEW history mm-hmm. is the Cody versus Dustin match and post-match Cody after beating Dustin says I got a tag match and I need a partner and I don't need a partner. I need my brother and they embrace. Cody's out of the fucking company. Let's kind of bury that moment a little bit if I'm AEW. Why not have this knockdown drag out fight? Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, go to hell and back and everything in between. Jungle Boy comes out on top. Christian Cage does the you know uh, Queen Sherry thing, like what she did to Macho Man and was like, you suck, you're out of here. I'm done with you. And he walks mm. off and storms off. And Luchasaurus looks like a broken man. Even maybe like twist his uh, his mask a little bit to where you start to see a little yeah, bit of his get face.
1: Our, I'm a man, I'm not well,
0: a dinosaur. Yes,
2: yeah, you get it oh, I'm a moment, but then you get the embrace of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus hug. Mm. And we bring back the Jurassic Express and we go... Th- taking them back to the top
1: i don't even know that i would do it at that moment i think you you have jungle boy win right and then he's gonna go on a singles run and do whatever he does but then you have the christian stuff happen and luchasaurus goes through this whole thing he's like that's where christian starts braiding him he's like stupid idiot you're not a dinosaur you're a man you're a seven foot 12 inch man I think right and yeah. he says you're a fucking man and he's like you're right I am a man I'm a man and then you know he starts losing all the time because he's not a man he's a dinosaur that's and then it. that's when Jungle Boy oh, who's having all the success right he's like brother man we used to run up and down this road we used to be you're my best friend until you broke my heart but what well, what's we're, happening we're past to you, that dog? yeah we're yeah. past
2: that now yeah and you could even say have Jungle Boy like, hey, all the success is great, but it's not as good as it used to be. I don't like it, yeah, when I'm alone. I'm,
0: I'm
1: still a boy looking for my dinosaur, man. And I'm a
2: dinosaur,
0: dinosaur.
2: <laughs> yes. That's what you need. That's... You need the embrace in yes. the ring, hugging each other. Bring them back. I know they need to fight, but after that comment. Yeah. I just want them to be friends again, man. And I want the world
1: to be oh, right. here's what you get. Here's what you get, I think. So you, you have Christian do the whole, like, you know, piss off and Luchasaurus is just down and out. He's a face again, but he's not aligned maybe with Jungle Boy, right? Jungle Boy's doing his singles run. Then we get this. Something happens. We get a four-man tag, right? Eight-man tag match on Dynamite tonight. We've got four heels over here. And on this side, we've got the best friends. And we've got Jungle Boy and we've got Luchasaurus. The four faces win, and then the best friends start hugging because you got to give the people what they want. And they're like, come on, guys. Come on in. Let's do this. And they're just staring at each other like, what the fuck with him? And they're like, got to give the people what they want, right? And we, fine, right? And we all hug it out. Yeah, you could tease it like got how the shield.
2: Well, you could tease it like how the shield mm-hmm. where it was uh, Moxley and yep. Seth Rollins and were like, are we going to do this? Yeah. yeah, like we were gonna... that was a great moment. That was <laughs> yes. a great moment in wrestling. Yeah. All right, yeah. so let's get back on track here. Uh, we
1: get into <laughs> that's right, the fist pound. They yeah. were like, All right, fine. kicking the ring, yeah, and... right there, yeah, touch fists. Yeah,
2: so <laughs> let's get into now the main event. It was the American <laughs> Dragon, Brian Danielson, and Red Death, Daniel Garcia, taking on Garcia, taking on the Daniel Bryan. Yeah, La Gods, Chris Brian Jericho, Danielson. Let me get to Daniel it. Brian, Chris Jericho, and Sammy Guevara. <laughs> Don't bury the match here, so we get La Gods, Chris Jericho, and Sammy mm-hmm. Guevara, and then we get Daniel Bryan, which I was trying to get You're to, right. Brian Danielson, <laughs> and Daniel Garcia. This God, I damn, thought was I good. Go ahead.
1: He needs to join Blackpool Combat Club, and he needs to make this tag team, and because I think that would be the thumb and the nose at WWE, because that's probably legal. They can probably do that and not be like, hey, look, it's just two names. What do you, you don't own the names Daniel and Brian? Or maybe they do, but yeah, we'll see. (laughs) Yeah, maybe they do. So, I'm sure a lawsuit would come. That's for sure. sure. (laughs) So, this will get
2: us into our next conversation. But Mm. I thought this match was okay. I think it was heavily overshadowed from events that took place earlier in the night because as much as they wanted to focus on Daniel Garcia, Chris Jericho. And Chris Jericho, they end up getting the victory, but he uses the belt to hit Daniel Garcia in the head and you see after JAS is celebrating, Jericho still looks distraught and he's like, "Man, maybe I shouldn't have done that." Right? Like I didn't mind winning, but I didn't want to hit him. I like him. He's he's my buddy, you know? But I feel like that all got washed away and pushed to the side. Because no one could focus on anything else but fuck Sammy Guevara on something you read from dirt Cheap dum-dums who had to retract. Well, they had to retract, but they didn't. They should have that. They both got sent home. Obviously, one of them didn't. But you just had to Sammy. you never saw the fight, but you're going to hate him because yeah. Why? And so let's go into that. So again, the match was, I thought, overshadowed by the Sammy Guevara incident. What happened was, reportedly, from TMZ, which is more reputable than Wrestle Votes or whatever the talk and all the observer bullshit, they said that there was a backstage incident where uh, uh, altercation happened between Sammy and Andrade, which led to a physical art altercation, and then they said both of them were sent home. Obviously, that was wrong. They end up deleting the tweet, never saying that they're wrong. That's another thing that I hate. But we didn't see Andrade, as we alluded to earlier. His match with 10 now gets canceled. You
0: what know, do you I'll make of
1: this? even give TMZ a, a pass here because what could happen is one of these things where like, both of you get out of here. And then they go, hey, Chris, we Shit. had to send Sammy home. And he's like, fuck that. You get him back here. We already worked the match. And he's like, fuck whatever all right and they're like sammy get your ass back to the fucking yeah. you know what i mean and Andrade's like me too and they're like fuck you, right? yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like I, that could have happened but again we don't know so i'm not really concerned they had been leading up with this twitter beef about you know andrade's mad at him because he's saying he complained that he hit him too hard and all this kind of jazz and like again i just it's interesting i'm gonna look i'm gonna watch but i'm not basing my opinion on like these two as a performer or whether i want to keep watching them over this because this is just too dudes being dudes where they're probably both wrong and both right and so like i don't really give a shit and 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 i'll tell you this if one's got to go because they just can't get along sorry andrade you've never entertained me i'm I'm, I'm like sammy guevara i get the feeling from stuff we've seen probably not a guy i want to go have a beer with but he's more entertaining than andrade has been anywhere i've ever seen andrade so like I just I don't get why people get in an uproar about it of oh. as as you're talking about. Yeah, that's the part that I get so
2: aggravated about is yes, we read the tweets. That was interesting. And I will take that at what it is because of two reasons. One it's at Sam Guevara. Now, I don't know if that's his real name or not, but that's his wrestling name. So when his mm-hmm. wrestling Twitter is saying, fuck you, bitch, and all that stuff, well, that's the wrestler to me. I, again, I don't care if it's a shoot. I don't care if it's a work. That's the other thing, too, is everyone wants to know or predict things. We're going to predict some matches, but guess what? If I go 0 for 10, who fucking cares? Who cares? Why did, why did people so care about, oh, I told you so. Fuck you. Fuck, there's a 50-50 chance and you were happened to be on the right side. Go fuck your mother. But on this, what we saw was a Twitter beef. And it all could have been from a misunderstanding. We don't know anything about this. This could have easily been Andrade heard that Sammy complained to management that Andrade hits too hard. It could have easily been Sammy went to Chris Jericho and was like, Hey man, what the fuck was this Andrade? Have you ever wrestled him? He hit me hard as fuck in the chin. That shit hurt. And then Chris is like, hey, he could be that way. And then 2.0 hears it or what, you know, and then things start to spread that way. And then it gets back to Andrade sammy thinks you're too stiff and then he takes offense to that right it could have all spoiled or you know spun out of that little uh conversation i'm not saying it did because guess what we don't know the fucking details all we know know. is that these two guys had a disagreement because they probably don't really like each other and this is what sparked it was this little interview from andrade and sammy i will say this sammy went zero to a hundred for you to for andrade to say like hey These wrestlers today, Sammy says I hit too hard. And for then Sammy to instantly go to, you were a fucking pity hire. Fuck you, bitch. It's like, whoa.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's what I mean. Like, like, A, Andrade, we can talk about this too. Don't actually hit the guy, right? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, if you're working stiff in 2022, we think that's dumb as well. Yeah. Especially if you haven't worked it out with the person before. Like, hey, I like to hit hard. Like Mm -hmm. he said. I've worked with Seamus. Well, okay, but Seamus likes to get in a bar fight. Yeah. Sammy Guevara doesn't. Look at him. Right? Like I could have told you that without fucking asking. So you know, I feel like you're in the wrong there. But like you said, Sammy, like popping off the mouth to such a level is like, dude, like that was your yeah. dick too. Right? Like, so that's where I'm just kind of like, all right, well, whoever the fuck, you guys tough it out. But I, I don't like respect the other one. I don't respect either one of you because one of you said something more cutting. I don't respect either one of you because one of you punched the other guy first. I don't respect one of you more because one of you kicked the other guy's ass. I'm just like whatever. If that makes you guys stop, then do whatever, but like none of it matters to me. I don't respect Sammy more if he gets if he beat up Andrade or Andrade more if he beats up Sammy. None of that matters to me. Yeah. Just keep making good television. That's one of you point. has, the other hasn't.
2: Right, but that's the only thing I want. I want yeah my television show to be entertaining and that's what this episode yeah. was and again the main event was overshadowed because these dorks with neck beards are like well what happened sammy's a mean person Sammy, you don't have a neck beard i looked yeah know. Uh, i was checking
1: i was yeah. looking i was taking a look i was like shit did i shave neck?
2: <laughs> so but this is what i want to talk about as a quick side conversation based off of this story because as it's been reported sammy guevara this is his second altercation Uh, It was confirmed by all parties, Eddie Kingston and him got into something over a promo, Eddie Kingston hit him in the face, that happened. Obviously we know about the all out media scrum and what happened after that and all of the reports from that. Here's the question I posed on our Twitter at table show, and I'll ask you here, everyone is throwing... The Pitchforks at Tony Khan. Tony Khan, you piece of shit. You can't run a company. You suck. You're a co-kid. You are a co you do not know all this. Burp, 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 burp. I watched Hey EW this past Sunday. The guest was Christopher Daniels, and they both confirmed that Christopher Daniels is head of talent relations. To the best of my knowledge, I've been around some pro wrestling companies. I've read enough pro wrestling uh, books and you know literature to know that the head of talent relations is the go-between between Tony Khan and the wrestlers and also to manage the wrestlers in between each other to make sure we're not fist fighting yeah, it's always week.
1: been if if you have an issue they send the you know, talent management got to be like right. what's wrong well what do we got to do so the question I
2: have is where is the heat where is the backlash where is the call for his job we christopher daniels he's out here wrestling in europe for one pw or he's on impact wrestling or again he's on hey ew which is fine i mean that's a AEW show but he's doing all these things we're not hearing his name at all where where is
1: he to say which to be clear from my side I, i'm glad that we're not hearing hate on him but we also maybe shouldn't be hearing hate on tony khan over this because this I is think, a sammy guevara and andrade issue but i think this is a I think this is a Christopher Daniels situation because if, if, if
2: I'm at work, right. And I have an altercation with my coworker and let's just say it's not physical, but it's, it's back and forth, back and forth. And it causes so much of a ruckus, you know, who catches the heat for it, my boss, not the CEO, my direct boss. Right. And that's how corporations work. And it just, we're, we're bypassing the boss. We're just like, so if I said, fuck you to a coworker and we push each other, the CEO of the company doesn't resign, right? It needs like, to be
1: fired, right? <laughs> we,
2: we get handled, yeah. and then if it wasn't handled by yeah. the boss properly, they get fired.
1: So let me ask you this then. Do we get... So, a couple things here. Sammy Guevara has been to sensitivity training already mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. in AW. Mm-hmm. If you'll rewind the the clock a little bit and go to the WWE side of things, the Hunico version of Sin went three and O backstage and had to go to some anger management conflict training. Do we need some anger management conflict training now for Mr. Guevara? I mean, possibly, but
2: again, shouldn't your head of talent relations be working with them?
1: So, and here's the thing that we need, like, maybe we can impress on you wrestling fans that we want you to be our wrestling friends. Um, you're dealing with, you need a show when you're, when if we're starting a wrestling show, Tom, Mm-hmm. we need wrestlers but we need those wrestlers to be personalities we need them to be larger than life personalities which usually comes with alpha male tendencies mm-hmm. and so you have hotheads you have guys who turn it up to 11 you tell them turn it up to eleven turn it up to eleven turn it up to 11 uh Neil brennan's thing where he talked about the guy footballed when he shouldn't have footballed right yep. same kind of thing this is where talent relations is supposed to come in to start saying like hey man you could calm it down a little bit right? like you're going off the rails like you're gonna have to deal with these issues so it is a forward-thinking thing of how to deal with those issues and then understand that some of this is going to come out and you're going to say we employ circus acts right like they're going to be a little zany so it happens but also this could be uh
2: uh a bad hiring practice. Maybe we stop hiring active wrestlers. I know Christopher Daniels is 52 years old or whatever, but if he's going to continue to wrestle and not be doing his day-to-day duties of head of talent relations, maybe let's relieve him of those duties and hire someone who can do this job day in, day out, because that's the part where, again, he should be stepping in. That's the other thing. I think Dave Meltzer of all fucking people said, like, how did these two even get face to face? Right. Mm-hmm. They said, I think it was right. Yeah. I said, I'll see you Wednesday. So again, if I'm the boss of two employees who said we're going to meet outside, I'm going to go out there and defuse the situation. So again, Christopher fucking Daniels, do your job. I'm not even at Tony Khan's level right now because that can be a firing offense, right? Hey, Sammy Guevara, you did sensitivity training for this. You've had two fights. We need to fire you. That can be a decision or that's a discussion for a different day. I'm upset with all of this backstage turmoil, and there's one person that's getting paid to fucking handle it, and he's not. So, hey, man, that's my that's my take. Fire
1: Christopher yeah. Daniels. Yeah, that's the thing is if you're going to – that's kind of what I was saying earlier. Like, it if you're going to take the stance of somebody should take the fall for this, it's Christopher Daniels. I don't think anybody should take the fall for this. No, I don't either. But so, I think – so why are people saying Tony Khan take the fall for this? Like, no, motherfucker, because if somebody's supposed to take the fall for this, it's Christopher Daniels. That's or
2: Sammy Guevara and Andrade. Right. Like, that, but that's my point is the, is the idea that Tony Khan is at fault for this. I don't think so. I think, again, now maybe he needs to relieve Christopher Daniels of his duties and says, I need a full time person to do this and not someone who wants to wrestle with Kazarian on a random episode of Impact.
1: Yeah. I will say, if I was in position of Christopher Daniels or or Tony Khan, another one of these, if it happens anytime soon, you might be thinking about like Sammy, we gotta,
2: we gotta cut bait. You, yeah, you're
1: causing problems. I can't have you fighting everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like at that point, it'll be a third strike. You're out. Kind of a. a I thing. agree. Um, because I also love the stance of like, hey, look, yeah, Sammy Guevara, we could count him as a pillar of AEW. I don't think anybody's disagreeing with that, but. I don't think he's a draw to the point where if he was gone, people are something like, I'm not watching AEW anymore.
2: Or if he goes to WWE, we're going to change the channel because it's right. Sort of yeah, I'm going to watch NXT
1: because it's yeah. right. Yeah.
2: Sammy Guevara right. versus Austin theory. Have to watch that one. I mean, it'd be fun, but like, that's not a turning right. channel kind of moment. Right. So yeah, let's get into now. Uh, we wanted to talk about on Friday, they are go- going to do a live AEW rampage, which Tim, First off, what do you think about live AW rampages? I'm in favor of them. What do you think?
1: Yes, I agree, too. I think if you're doing the show, it should be live. This is what gets ratings in 2022 on TV anyway, is live programming.
2: Exactly. Especially in wrestling when they can
1: all these dirt sheets again, just post
2: the spoilers as if that should get you a fucking paycheck, you jerk offs. Hey, here's the new movie. The end is the fucking main character dies. <laughs> Give me clicks. Fuck you hate those dirt cheap cocksuckers um but we get aw rampage and let's talk about it a little bit so the first match that we mentioned earlier uh that i want to talk about dark order versus death triangle what do you think happens here you said maybe dark order
1: i think we're gonna get dark order just because of this melee thing and maybe they're not ready to like hey we're gonna push andrade stable and have preston it. unless they're all like hey this is settled and they go there. So I wouldn't be surprised either way, but I think if I had to like bet money right now and I had no option, but I had to bet money, I'd probably go with the Dark Order.
2: I'm going dark order for this reason. And we'll get into battle of the belts on the, uh, immediately afterwards, but Pac is pulling double duty. And so I would not be shocked mm-hmm. if he goes one for two. And I think of the two matches, because the other one he's taking on Trent and I love Trent and I think he's awesome. I think he's honestly, the most reliable in ring wrestler for the entire company because he can have a great match with anyone. But if he's going to lose one of his titles, Pac, that is, I think the Dark Order being champion makes more sense than Trent. Trent. Yeah. yeah. Now we get into a fun pro wrestling versus sports entertainment match where we get Sky Blue and Madison Rain, as mentioned earlier, taking on Anna Jay. And it keeps saying Tay t- t- Mello. I don't. I still haven't yeah. been explained what Tay Mellow is. Uh, how do you think this unfolds? We get uh, JAS standing standing tall? I
1: think so. Yeah. I don't get a feel that like we're putting over foot face and sky, and blue. sky blue here at the expense of the JAS. Um, by the way, the uh, Tay and, and Anna J though are doing great in this role, they are really unlikable. When they come on and they say stuff, you're like, oh, I would hate these women. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing great.
2: Yeah, they're doing great. I like that they're taking the men's storyline and applying it to their characters where it's the sports entertainers versus pro wrestlers. Because more often than not, a pro wrestling trope is like the storyline only applies to the man and the woman who stands next just has to do Staying something next. or just like yeah. do something else. Right. So I like that they're adopting the sports entertainers are better than pro wrestlers. I also like, as you mentioned, when they come on screen, I fucking hate them now. Yeah. <laughs> I also like them, but I right. fucking hate them. You know, you yeah. Yeah. Right. But I hate
1: them. Yeah. But I like them too. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. So I'm excited for that match. Uh What else we got here? We got the Blackpool combat club in action. It's going to be Moxley, Claudio and Yuda. <laughs> Taking on Roosh and Private Party. My question to you about this match is this where we see Private Party say, fuck you.
1: Yeah, if we don't get that here, then I would think the only thing they would do is the heel team gets the win via hook or crook, and then we start a little mini program. But I I don't know that's where we're going with this. So I feel like Blackpool Combat Club wins.
2: I think Blackpool Combat Club wins, and I do think Private Party pulls a trigger and reunites with Matt yeah. Hardy or does something like that. I'm yeah. not that in favor of it, if I'm being honest with you, because we oh, get I'm it not the in first favor time. Of that. Yep. And I think maybe Matt Hardy just needs to stay backstage.
1: So I don't want to see yeah, it. here's the thing: like, I what didn't work was Big Money Matt and these guys, and so then maybe they're like, "Hey, let's run back," and they'll be face now. Well, Matt Hardy's not helping me think like oh, I like these guys now because Matt Hardy. So, like, I just, mm, eh, it's not for me. So I think they're going to flounder a little bit more, unfortunately. I mean, look, they're fine, but I also don't think they've got high star power, if that makes sense. Yet, they haven't figured out their charisma portion yet, if that makes sense
2: yeah they have the packaging i like the song i like the velvet rope where they can get in the you're not invited party of us and all of that stuff i like that but yeah there is something missing as far as like taking it to the well, next that level.
1: would have worked if again if it was exclusive they had you know some of the baddies with them or something right only could get into the party they won matches right but like we just didn't get that i don't yeah now here's uh a curveball, I'm going to throw right,
2: yeah. What if Matt Hardy turns heel on them and Jeff Hardy comes back and then we get broken Matt Hardy and Willow and those motherfuckers in the tag team division?
1: I don't know, man. You think they're probably keeping Jeff Hardy a 10 foot pole? Don't you think? I, mean, I think they we've should. We've said this all the time. He probably always pays for himself in merch sales. It's probably a no brainer, even if you have to deal, as long as he doesn't kill somebody, right? That's right. your only, like, which, ooh, I mean, Hopefully not. But again, ever. if you have a talent, if you have a competent talent relations, it would be like, no, 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 no. I'm booking Jeff Hardy's travel. Yeah. I'm that's getting also, a driver. Yeah. I'm getting him a, you know, that kind of thing.
2: That's another knock on the head of talent relations is working with your talent and their relations yeah. and your fucking job title. Yeah.
1: Who is not checking Jeff Hardy at the door to be like, who's driving you? Be like, I'm driving mm-hmm. me. No, you're not. No, you're not.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's You uh, got you
1: a limo. Right. <laughs> Yeah,
2: really christopher daniels needs to be fired that's what i'm leaving this whole discussion with uh and then we got one more match here that's
1: the episode title <laughs> yeah
2: i wouldn't mind that uh then we get one more match here it is uh tony niece and josh woods with smart mark sterling who i just love i like smart mark yeah, sterling he's great. i kind of ran past it in the review but he didn't really do much with the uh acclaimed and and swerve yeah sterling. no he
1: just came out for a little quick bit
2: yeah but I like him and I like this tag team with him. I don't like them by themselves, but I like it with smart Mark Sterling. But they're taking on the absolute worst tag team in AEW history and currently in the Varsity Blondes. They are weird. It is a grooming type gimmick where I feel like they're grabbing 16 year olds and hanging out at proms and spiking punch bowls at house parties. I don't like them. I don't like them. Get them out of here. I don't like them. Change their gimmick. I don't I don't know anything about them. Well, personally, discuss the this.
1: Gimmick. Hate it. If they're supposed to be faces, nope. they're the guys who are still wearing their high school letterman jackets. Nobody likes those people. Nobody. So why Nobody. would this get over as a face gimmick? It would be great if they were a heel gimmick. It'd be a little weird then too. It would be like weird, couple, yeah. That's why it would be great.
2: <laughs> but it just it's Yeah, it's the worst gimmick. It's probably I like AEW and I think they've hit doubles in home runs their entire three years of being a promotion however their worst story gimmick whatever you want to call it in my opinion is the varsity blondes absolutely detest everything about them again i don't know the two people they seem like good people i know nothing about them mm. i don't care to know anything about them <laughs> i'm just telling you what i see on my tv screen because that's all i like to talk about is what's on my tv screen mm-hmm. um so yeah, there you go. I hate them. Uh, but AW rampage. And then we get battle of the belts immediately after that. So we're getting two hours again, because you recall, we did the grand slam. We did two hours. So I guess mm-hmm. my question to you on that is, do you think we get two hours of rampage live moving forward?
1: I don't know about moving f- forward all the way. I think, you know, same thing. Go listen to that Ariel Hawani interview, um, that I'm talking about that Tom sent me, um, I think they're giving them more of them. I think they're saying, hey, let's do another one of those two-hour shows when it's not maybe hindering something else they've got on another network that maybe they're trying to get over, right? So I think maybe when NBA is in full swing or, you know, if finals roll around, we're not maybe putting up a two-hour against that maybe, that kind of thing. But I think maybe we'll see a lot more of them frequently coming around. And I like that AEW doesn't just go, special two-hour aw rampage they go this is the fucking truck titan 3000 right they come up with some name cooler than i just did yeah and and make it an event way cooler (laughs) so now let's
2: talk about battle of the belts so we get three matches that i'm seeing here again we're recording this on a thursday there could be matches made tomorrow morning Mm. but the three matches i see here as mentioned double duty we're getting for the atlantic championship champion pock taking on trent beretta what do you think about that
1: yeah i think pock pa- wins okay it'll be a then, good match we'll enjoy nah. it. those guys have worked together from twenty thousand times or something
2: yeah then we're getting for the tbs championship champion jade cargill taking on challenger willow nightingale yeah. jade cargill and their, and their third encounter and then for the ring of honor tag team championships Here's their names. I just found it. It is Challengers Gates of Agony. Yeah, the Samoan guys. The, the embassy taking on everyone's favorite local cops. FTR. What do you think about that? I think
1: the local cops win here. Still, I think. Oh yeah. I think. I think he still wants big names on ROH titles, so he can say, "Hey, we need a TV show. Look how great everybody loves this."
2: So real quick, I wanted to ask you about this because it just came to my mind. Let's just take a quick glance at the champions for AEW and the champions for Ring of Honor. And if both had a TV show, which again, that interview from Ariel that Tony Khan did, seems like maybe that's what they're working towards. Here's the champions for AEW. Currently, you have Jon Moxley as your heavyweight champion. Mm -hmm. Your TNT champion is Wardlow. Your tag team champions are are uh the acclaimed, acclaimed. Mm-hmm. and then you've got interim champ tony storm and then tbs champ uh jade cargill all atlantic champ Pac. i think that's all right six of them
1: yep yeah that's right
2: ring of honor has heavyweight champion chris jericho pure champion daniel garcia tv champion samoa joe and tag team champions ftr what show would you watch?
1: I uh, mean, yeah, that's tight. That's.
2: that's uh, t- I mean, that's an abundance story of storylines
1: going on. I think, but that is again, that's kind of where we're at, and and we've we've been calling for this TV show for ROH for a while because AW already was overstacked with talent. Now we've got ROH in here as well, and it's like, man, we we really need more. Who's time. The, Who's
2: the Ring of Honor Women's Champ? I, I remember it was worse right now. I remember it was Mercedes Martinez for a little bit. Is she still the champ? I think she still is because she beat Serena Deep. So then you get Mercedes Martinez right. as well. Uh, again, we don't fact check. Hashtag tweak table or let us know in the comments. That's fine. Um, so that is it. We get two hours of live television from AEW on a Friday night after two hours of SmackDown. If you want to watch that, which I wouldn't say you should. Um, big night of wrestling on Friday night.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I don't hate it. I saw somebody said this after the last one. They're like, "We'll complain about Robbie in three hours, but we just watched four hours of SmackDown AW." So like, yeah, but that's two different presentations, right? Well, like, and there's also a break there, right? It's it's two different things that I'm watching. And also,
2: I know there's tribalism, so there's people who don't watch one and do watch another. So you can break it up if you want. Mm-hmm. I again, I know I sound tribalistic by saying I don't watch WWE, but I don't watch WWE um and so it's only two yep. hours on friday night
1: yeah i mean that's the whole thing i'm not sitting here telling you i watch a full four hours of wrestling on friday yeah. night i will kind of skip through some smackdown stuff because i'm looking mm-hmm. for like a Sami Zayn and and that kind of stuff but um yeah no i i i like the rain ramp- i want more two hour rampages maybe ah. if we're doing that maybe we do eight and now starting at nine and going to 11 maybe we do an eight to ten but then you'd be overlapping with smackdown so they probably won't do that you're so old can't stay old God. yeah i just oh, want it live. Three I'm, years old.
2: I'm actually okay if it is one hour i just prefer it to be live because the energy of a live show and then the excitement online from people watching a live wrestling event is a more exciting than the a thing with show. a one
1: hour where you've talked about this where the sweet spot's got to be an hour and a half at least because yeah you can maybe fit three good matches in on our show but you're not leaving a whole lot of promo and story building time when you do that
2: Oh, true. I'm just saying two
1: matches. Yeah. And maybe something else. And then it's feeling like I wanted a little more, which isn't always a bad thing either. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just saying of the two, if I could pick, is it two hours
2: or is it live? I'd go with live. live. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want. So that is your AEW portion of the Spanish announce table. Tim, if you want to pull up the extreme rules, pay-per-view, we'll talk about that a little bit.
1: Let's while I'm pulling that up, let's also talk about, some news that happened in the WWE world. Uh, it was announced. The commentary teams are changing again. I know. Yeah. I'm, here I'm we sad. go. Again. <laughs> well, I'm sad about yeah.
2: this because so for transparency, because I always want to be transparent with the audience. I don't have a personal relationship with Jimmy Smith. I have met him. I've worked with him a couple of times in, in an Invicta capacity when he was calling Invicta FC fights uh obviously I am aware of him from his work in Bellator. I liked him from his MMA uh broadcasting career. When he came over to WWE, I was a little bit shocked cuz he's never been the lead guy. He was always the color, not the play-by-play. But I thought throughout his entire time, he did a very good job. I thought it was great. I thought it was thought, really good. I thought he was good enough to where you knew his voice, you could understand what he was saying but he didn't make it about him. He wasn't doing a moral all where it was silly catchphrases
1: all, yeah, all the time. Yeah, but it, and it also felt honest, right? When something happened, he got excited. When something you know was serious, he was serious. And he didn't seem like it wasn't very clear to me that like he's not a wrestling fan right like he knew what he was he was saying he followed these folks he he knew how to play it like you said distinguishable voice um i thought the energy was good he never gave you anything bad right i don't think he gave us any iconic moments right but he was never bad and it fit right like he felt like what you would expect a play-by-play person to be calling if i'm watching a thing there we used to call that term the straight man i know that's maybe yeah. not you know what i mean it's a weird term in 2022 but that's what they meant because the color commentator was off in the heel who was like yeah fuck you right mm-hmm. like right and then the then the play-by-play guy had to be like hey man would like let's just watch what yeah professionalism here yeah, right let's like watch the show
2: here yeah let's call right. what we're
1: seeing here i thought he was great but now we're getting this on smackdown it's gonna be michael cole and wade barrett which wade barrett isn't terrible i've heard of him i just i've also never like thought same thing like i think he gives you good work but he never gives you anything Bad, right? But he's also not giving you anything great. I've never heard. Um, wait, Bar- oh, really? Yeah, yeah. What is he? Like, well, you no, know wait, Barrett.
2: Well, no, I know, wait, Barrett. I think, yeah, Wade yeah, Barrett's he was
1: great. doing NXT for a long time. Ah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't watch NXT. Um, and then we got Kevin Patrick and Corey Graves on Raw. And Kevin Patrick it was a curveball for me. That one, I didn't realize he was like going to be calling matches. Like, he was great in the interview. I've always thought. He does great. Poor guy has to squat down like Tom Phillips used to do. Yeah, because uh, he's you know seven three or something like that. But um, so this should be interesting. I don't know, and you brought this up. I don't know that we're accustomed in America here to a, a thick accent play by play guy. We've had it in the a la Wade Barrett on commentary, right? Uh, where. Uh, so that'll be interesting, and it's a yeah. really thick accent, and that's not to say that's bad.
2: No, right. But like not... when he's reading the ads for a KFC, that might be a little jarring <laughs> it to the sound ear. Right. Yeah, that an Irishman well, is going to be reading in, a KFC. In WWE.
1: Ad. This is a weird move for WWE for me because sometimes we're like, man, WWE. They're so they just oh they're so old school or they like they don't get it. I think WWE is keenly aware that the majority of their viewers are white rural and kind of simple and old so you know and old and so this will be interesting right now it's a white accent so they'll probably be fine with it but right. yeah. <laughs> you know um and then on nxt we've got vic joseph who's been doing that and... i remember
2: him he was on raw for a little bit
1: right and booker t the worst fucking
2: person to ever be in this front makes of my wonder like is
1: booker t now a coach or something next team maybe that's why he's here
2: i guess if there's if there's a still shot that i want to I mean, be I, shown for my thoughts on booker t talking NXT into a microphone he's about to be
1: right now right here city man. he is he is
2: oh, we're gonna hear about the fave five the Ugh. clucky ducky chucky chucky or whatever the fuck oh you used yeah to say. he is the fuck. worst person to ever speak into a microphone in WWE history. That is not even an argument. I would even willing to hear if you say, we interviewed
1: that one guy who wrote a book and he
2: was, (laughs) but this Booker T is so awful. So awful. And his thoughts are dumb. He has nothing original to say. He just wants to act like, because he was cool. And he was as a wrestler, that that just gets him. Some leeway to say whatever the fuck he thinks is fun in his head at 52 years old or however old he is. He is yeah. the absolute worst. Now, that aside, the other thing I thought was interesting, if you take a look at all these announcements, is uh, all two person booths got rid yeah, of the all third 2 person booths. No three person booths. Mm-hmm. No three-person booth. So, one, do you think that is a trend that will then, you know, Get its tentacles and other promotions because now it seems like every promotion is a three person
1: booth. And also, I don't hate a three person booth, about? right? I, I don't hate a three person booth because it allows for the play by play guy to just be play by play, all mm-hmm. on what we got with Jimmy Smith. Right. Then you've got a face like with Byron Saxon, you've got a heel with Corey Graves. Yeah, perfect. Fine. But when we bring that fourth person on, right? Like in AEW, where we go, William Regal sitting in on a Blackpool Combat Club, maybe one of these, third, like four people's too much. Yeah. Right. Then it Great. starts to be ear, you know, noise. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of like so somebody has to like go to the back or something, which is they work that in AEW sometimes, like Shabani goes, yeah, and does whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Um so I don't hate the two man booth. I like the it's a little bit more familiarity. This the classic moments that we got as wrestling fans were Heenan and Gorilla and Ross King. and and yeah. uh and Lawrence, right? Yeah. So you know, I I don't I I definitely don't hate the idea. I'm never like I'm never like oh it's only two man right. I don't hate a three person, but this should be fine.
2: Speaking of just real quick, going back to AEW, one thing uh, that happened on Dynamite, and I think actually happened the week before as well. Uh, no Jim Ross, I believe that yeah. happened the week before. It's definitely this week. I didn't hate that. I don't hate that either. Just saying, I love Jim Ross. I thought he was great, but you know, just like. Oh, Muhammad no. Ali fighting in the '80s, uh, you, you get past your prime.
1: You don't think we see him at some point go back to WWE now, huh? With Vince gone and Triple H in charge, you think we like maybe he calls out and he's like, "Hey, when that AEW contract ends, we can use you over here for special spots again." And
2: I mean, good, take him. I don't. Hey, it would fit better. I, honestly, here's where I know. think. Here's where I think you put him. If he wants to RLH. get his. No, if you want to get his uh, toe back in the water of doing the things he used to do, uh, fire Christopher Daniels and put Jim Ross back in charge of talent relations. That's true. That's what he used he was, to do. He was dealing with The Rock and Mick Foley and Undertaker and Stone Cold and Triple H and all those guys. He's not
1: afraid were, to tell a big buff dude, hey, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're being out one, of line.
2: He's the one that can get yeah. people in line. That Yeah. Uh,
1: so maybe that's what he
2: does. I wouldn't hate that idea. Honestly, that's there. it.
1: Like we've, we've heard several times that he's like went up to them and be like, what? Fucking knock it off because like he's like, sure, you can kick my ass, but are you really gonna do that? <laughs> like exactly. fucking so shut yeah. the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> maybe
2: do that. That would yeah. that would be a move I would uh welcome mm-hmm. very much in AEW. Um okay, so Good let's idea. get to extreme rules here. All Tim, right. what do
1: we got? Extreme rules. i pull it up on WWE.com. Again, this is Thursday, October sixth, as we're recording this right now. And so something might change due to Friday night smack down, which we won't see. You know, in time for this, but it's fine. Or see. Quick hits right here on the Extreme Rules webpage. They've got the Brawling Brutes versus Imperium. Now named again Imperium in a six man tag team, good old fashioned Donnybrook match. Boy, WWE hasn't, hasn't changed enough if we're still calling things like this.
0: Just, you call you just it. say a
1: street like, fight. Just, just a street fight. I, yeah. For real. You just yeah. say Please. Yeah. yeah. Look, I think Imperium maybe wins this. I
2: have no idea. I uh, like Pete Dunn. Oh, I love Pete Dunn. I think maybe we get more towards Pete Dunn and away from Butch in this match. Yeah. Maybe this is so what this knocks is him where beat. Imperium yeah. goes over,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah, but Pete like Dunn. They stand becomes... victors. Pete Dunn's like, what the fuck? Why'd you punch me, Seamus? Or whatever. Or maybe Seamus is like, why'd you punch me, Pete Dunn? He's like, you were in the way. I was or trying to punch him, you got in the way.
2: Or possibly... This is where because this is what I would do. Again, if I had the pencil and I was in charge because I think I'm better than you and you know it. uh, I would say you have the brawling brutes lose, but Pete Dunn goes, okay. obviously you need more from me. I need to go back to my roots. And then we see the reemergence of Pete Dunn. That butch motherfucker was too wild. He was unfocused. I'm here to win championships. And then, boom, Pete Dunn comes back.
1: That's what I would do. Yeah, I wouldn't hate that. We get Edge versus Finn Balor in an I Quit match. Now, this is interesting enough with the I Quit aspect of it, right? Because we're to believe Edge isn't going to quit. No. But I feel like Finn Balor somehow wins this, right? No. No? No. No. (laughs) With the Judgment Day and them trying to, like, make them a, a major focal point of their shows? Yeah, no. Now, I feel like we get maybe Dominic Mysterio does something here. Maybe we get a whole Mick Foley, you know says i quit but it was a tape message remember that like Mm -hmm. oh yeah that
2: that was fun uh or maybe aj styles comes out and joins the judgment day which by the way side note so dominic mysterio joins the judgment day aj styles now is flirting with the judgment day and mad at ray mysterio does everyone hate
1: ray mysterio i mean don't you I mean, is he the problem here? <laughs> yeah. See the Sammy Guevara here. What's going yeah. on? <laughs> everyone hates Rey Mysterio. I yeah, even Seth Rollins tried to poke his eye out. I yeah, know. I mean, <laughs> everybody hates Rey Mysterio.
2: Who's the common denominator, right? Like, maybe yeah. everyone hates Ray. Do a show called "Everyone Hates Ray, where it's just yeah. him walking around and he gets picked on the entire time. <laughs> ah, everyone that'd be fun. Ray no, Mysterio. but I got, I got Edge. I got Edge. I think Edge is gonna do, and okay. then I think. This is him then transitioning out of that storyline. I think then we'll do something yeah. different with him out of this.
1: Well, we get a strap match with Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross. Hmm. So I feel like Karrion Cross is a Triple H pet, right? So it makes me, again, that's peeking behind the curtain. It makes me want to say Karrion Cross. If I'm watching the shows and I'm going, I believe this is real kayfabe, Storyline, I think Drew McIntyre wins. So I'm going to say Karrion Cross wins. This is a fucking tough spot they put themselves in.
2: Because if Karrion Cross loses his first fucking feud, well, that just came in like a turd in a punch bowl, right? But then if you have Drew McIntyre lose the championship... Be forced to sing with Tyson Fury after he got his ass kicked and then loses a strap match to Karrion Cross. The fuck does that mean for him?
1: Unless this continues, right? Scarlet somehow gives him the Kansas City comp pond, and then we continue this on to the next.
2: Or that's just it. Maybe we just transition out of it, right? Scarlet costs him, but then Drew McIntyre's like, I want another fight. And then someone else comes in and distracts Drew McIntyre. Then they go off and Karrion Cross yeah, finds a new yeah, victim. Yeah right I, i'm right still there. going carrying cross i think no yes i'm going car- no no i'm going drew mcintyre i'm going drew mcintyre okay it's a it's a all specialty right, match that's why
1: yeah right we've got raw women's championship on the line bianca belair versus bailey in a ladder match and i feel like they might pull the trigger here and have bailey win yeah the this is where control
2: gets involved all they have all the gold because
1: isn't the two of them that Bianca's tag had champ? this for a long time now
2: yeah, and she's stale. Look, I think yeah. she's a supreme athlete. I think her matches are very fun. Oh, she's even better. Promos have gotten better. I've watched a few of those. I'm like, yeah, not bad. Like, yeah, you're, she's, you're, you're improving. Bad. She's yes. definitely improving. Everything is improving, but nothing is worth watching, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. And so, <laughs> get her off. Bailey's the best. Right. I think Bailey is the best in WWE, as far as the women's talent. I think she's one of the best in the entire company, but definitely of the
1: women's talent. Speaking of nothing worth worth watching, Ronda Rousey is going to challenge for the SmackDown Women's Championship against Liv Morgan in an extreme rules match. And this is another one where I'm like, ah, it doesn't surprise me either way, but I feel like they're going to try to keep pushing Liv Morgan so I think she wins. This means no DQ, correct? Right. No DQ. Well, but we have no count a, out probably.
2: Right, but we have seen a DQ. You can use
1: things in extreme rules, right? Yeah,
2: but we have seen a DQ in a hell in a cell, so don't put it past them to fucking do a DQ and a no DQ match. Um fucking idiots. I think they're so bad at fucking just everything. Um I think I think Rhonda wins. I think Rhonda wins. I think we're gonna get like badass heel Rhonda. This is where she takes it too far and we boo her as she becomes champion.
1: That's what I think. All right. Well, the last match we have on the list here is a fight pit with special guest referee Daniel Cormier. Ah, that's fun, isn't it? Matt Riddle taking on Seth freaking Rollins. Matt Riddle wins this, or does he? Because Seth Rollins, man, feels like he's been not winning a whole lot of things lately, right? No, Seth has been winning. He's been kicking Matt Riddle's ass. Is that what you said? Well, I mean, against Riddle, but, like, as far as before cody. the feud with riddle yeah he's getting his ass kicked by cody I, Ooh, so mm. let me throw this I feel like at you, they're tim. trying to push riddle as like a top guy right well now, but let right? me like throw this top. at you
2: tim mm. fight pit special guest referee daniel cormier so that means no one else is getting in right there is no one else to help seth rollins except for daniel cormier and Daniel Cormier costs Matt Riddle the match. Then we get Matt Riddle versus Daniel Cormier, Daniel Cormier. at Survivor Series. Because you know what the payoff is here, right? It's all Tim?
1: over ESPN and all right. over the fucking, right.
2: But even more so than that, you know what the payoff of Daniel Cormier is, right? Hmm. This yeah. all leads to Brock Lesnar. Uh, they were supposed to have a fight in the UFC. Remember Brock Lesnar went into the octagon after Daniel Cormier became the champion. He pushed them. They were going to fight, never materialized. They're going to get the payoff in WWE.
1: There it is. Seth said when he was talking about this in his promo, he said, talking about a match that will soon become synonymous with my name. So maybe he knows he's winning.
2: I mean, it makes sense. Like, the Is WWE- there any back footage
1: of Matt Riddle shit talking Daniel Cormier? no but there is a lot of
2: folks oh yeah but there is footage of daniel cormier freaking out and damn near crying when seth rollins cashed in at wrestlemania on roman Mm. reigns and brock lesnar he even had the little money in the bank got it signed and all that stuff oh so So, he's like a
1: legit wrestling fan oh
2: he loves wrestling yeah yeah yeah. You should go back and watch when Israel Adesanya in his last fight. Walked out as the Undertaker. Cormier sounded like a seven-year-old in a candy store. He was just like, "Oh my god, this is so great!" <laughs> oh my Like he just lost yeah. his mind. He is a huge wrestling fan, and I think he'll yeah. apply his athleticism, even though he's a little fat guy, uh, to being a good wrestler. And I think, yeah, we t- we we touch a match with Matt Riddle, but then we go to the the appetite or the the main main course here. And it's going to be Brock Lesnar, Daniel Cormier, but we got to get there somehow, Matt Riddle and him. But then that would make him a heel. I don't fucking know. Hey, hold on.
1: Hold on. God Riddle wins this. Because yeah. you still can get to Cormier and Lesnar. Yeah. Riddle winning this. Because Seth Rollins will be out there talking to shit next Monday, and he's poking Daniel Cormier in there the chest, chest. And Daniel yeah, Cormier yeah. goes to like, uh, and then fucking he's like, Hey, if I can beat up Seth Rollins, I can beat up other wrestlers. And then he's you know, now he's a wrestler and then Brock yeah. Lesnar's like, Oh, you think you can beat up other wrestlers? Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah, you I can even Matt get Riddle. Bobby Lashley. You could even get Oh yeah. I yeah,
0: uh-huh. I got
2: I, I talked myself out of it. I got Matt Riddle. But again, mark my words right now. October sixth, twenty twenty two. I'm telling you, at WrestleMania, it is Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Cormier bet you a dollar i'll bet anyone a
1: dollar yeah one whole dollar one whole dollar bet you all right all right cool well yeah so that's extreme rules i mean yeah we've said this before wwe will deliver a fine pay-per-view event oh it's gonna be
0: so much fun
1: it's
2: gonna be so much fun but can i tell you one other thing though i just think i think people want wwe to be so good and i Mm -hmm. think if you look at it just on its surface value, I don't think it's that good. Case in point: Extreme Rules is supposed to be where we get this White Rabbit payoff. First off, oh, do you yeah, think that Where would that
1: come in? Where would that come into play? I oh, I think mean, that could that. just be
2: that could just be someone does an in-ring interview and then that person gets taken out by the White Rabbit. So, one, do you think we get that at Extreme Rules? And two. What do you think of the white rabbit? Cause I'm, I'm about over it. I don't
1: know that we do get it at, at extreme rules. Cause I just think we're going to get more of the same. And I think that's going to be where they fail a little bit with it. Whereas like they should have pulled the trigger already. And they're like, look at all the response we're getting from all the online uh, treasure hunt, make up more treasure hunt.
2: Yeah. You know and what then, it feels like know? to me? And this is a, a dated reference. But if you go back to Lost, where when you would watch an episode of Lost, it was like, oh, the number on the door means that Alexander the Great's conquering in 1918. And it's like, what the fuck are we doing? The episode was boring. But it's like, but you see, if you do this and you scan that and look here, and that's what I feel like we're doing with the White Rabbit, where it's like, but did you see the QR code behind the edge?
1: Well, I've said with this, if they deliver anybody but Bray Wyatt, everybody is going to be underwhelmed. Unless it's Vince. and, yeah, and then if they deliver Bray Wyatt, if they don't do it, and now we're going to be underwhelmed. It could Tim, be nice. what if it's fucking Vince Man? <laughs> oh, that would be so cool. He brings in a faction, and he's like, I was forced
2: to leave. If anyone's going to kill this promotion, it's me. It's him <laughs> and, like,
1: and Trump and... <laughs> Tim and Trump, two man yeah. power trip.
0: <laughs>
2: Fuck Austin and Triple H. This is a real two man power trip. uh oh, that's what. It's Vince. Yeah, I'm calling her right now. Yeah, it's, it's Vince. totally
1: Vince. The White Rabbit is Vince. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. All right, so that's Extreme Rules, but also happening this weekend, October eighth,
2: GCW Career versus Title champion, your heavyweight champion, not only of AEW, the champion of GCW, Game Changer Wrestling, John Moxley puts his championship on the line against the heart and soul of GCW, Nick Gage, who will be putting his career on the line. It goes down GCW Fight Club Night 1, Saturday, October 8th, on Fight TV, Moxley versus Nick Gage, career versus title. What happens here?
1: Nick Gage wins because I need Nick Gage to win. I can't go the rest of my life without having more Nick Gage moments. He can't retire.
2: Love I love that energy. I love the energy. Yeah, that I love Nick that Gage fucking gives. energy.
0: <laughs>
1: but to, so I've been seeing them workouts
2: yeah it's bad man love that gauge ah god he's so cool (laughs) it is you should watch him on instagram he's fucking inspired because he can barely move and he's fucking moving weight um so do you think shenanigans do you think matt cardona costs the title for john moxley because that could be the way you get it off of him right is he loses but he doesn't lose clean it's a cardona it's a You know, I mean, Nick Gage is Ricky also Shan-Gage. a face, right? I
1: mean, he could win the match. But we're not supposed to believe that Nick Gage could, you know. But the thing with GCW is the brutality of it. I mean, Moxley's the best wrestler, but yet that don't matter much when light tubes are being broken in your eyeball. The
2: story, as as far as I understand it, and I don't watch the weekly television or, you know, any of that. I watch when they get to the pay-per-views, and I watch Nick Gage because yeah. Nick Gage is the fucking man. But I, I think the story's always been – that John Moxley's only the champion because he wants to fucking murder Nick Gage, right? Remember, he's right, like, yeah. I don't care about this title. This title yeah, is to, to, to get fucking... you to fight me, and so yeah, I, it's it's interesting because then I mean, it
1: would shock me if Nick Gage had to retire and he can't do this anymore, and, and you that's how go, so he okay, goes okay, out on a
2: shield with yeah. his you know former mm-hmm. best friend, or I guess they're still friends, but like really close old pal, John Moxley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we could see that. Oh, I'll cry. Oh, that would make me so sad. That'd make me more oh, they sad. They would than... have a
1: bloody hug in the middle of the ring. Oh, yeah.
2: I'd have to call you. I'd have to call you and mm-hmm. just talk to you, talk to you about it. it just like...
1: Yeah, I'd have to talk you down off the ledge. I know.
2: That would make me more sad than when Jungle Boy said he got his heart broke by
1: luchasaurus. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I want that to happen. I love Nick Cage. I love John Moxley, though, too. And you got to think, breaking the fourth wall here, Tony Khan's not like, hey, I'm having my champion just lay down. That's why I think a Matt Cardona or someone is getting involved. Maybe even a new heel that we're not even aware of.
1: Someone new to the promotion. Vince. Uh, (laughs) Vince comes out with some light tubes.
2: As soon as you left, my company went to shit. Fuck you, Moxley.
1: (laughs) Vince McMahon's got a pizza cutter and he's like, fuck you.
2: There you go. You heard it here first. Vince McMahon yeah. caused John Moxley the GCW championship. With the pizza the cutter. With the pizza cutter. There it yeah.
1: is. That's it. That's it. I don't know of any other way to end this show other than with that visual. Do you?
2: I mean, that's a perfect way. I mean, no I mean, other
1: way. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. So I, I, I'll just leave you with that. Keep that on your mind while you listen back to this episode seven or eight times until we see you next week, right here on the Spanish Announce Table.